Hey, uh, happy Wednesday. It is uh, 2-17-2021. It's 9.30 on the east. It is 6.30 on the left, and it's Ash Wednesday. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Slot the hogs, have the trees, feed the chickens, check the bees, aquaponics, off the grid, solar, power, feed the kids, firewood, rabbit stew, vermiculture, garden. Two, that's the life on the homestead as we know it. That's the life on the homestead as we know it. On homesteadmentorradio.com. Again, it's Wednesday. If you want to join the show, give us a call at 330-440-0735, 330-440-0735. The primary topic for the day is the economics of a homestead career. Okay, so I think things went a little smoother today than they did yesterday. Uh, There's a lot potentially uh, that we'll end up discussing tonight, so I wanted to get uh, through some of the the business up front here. So again, it's Ash Wednesday. Uh, So if if you're not familiar with Ash Wednesday, it is um, an observance, I think, that goes back to somewhere in the ninth century. and it is the start of the Lenten season. So it's the, uh, I think, six to six and a half weeks um, of the Lenten season that builds up uh, to Easter. And it is a season of um, fasting and prayer. And uh, again, in preparation for, for the Easter season. Um, so prayer, a uh, couple things. Keep the Limbaugh family and loved ones in mind. Obviously, Rush Limbaugh was a, uh, a huge figure to a great many people. And uh, he passed this morning. And uh, so I, I'm, prayers go out to the Limbaugh family and to all those who, who loved Rush Limbaugh. Um, but also prayers going out to uh, all the folks in Texas and anywhere in the country that um, are not accustomed to and prepared for this kind of weather. As I understand it, there are a lot of people who are out of power, and uh, when you're out of power, meaning you're out of uh, heat, and it's cold, and uh, if you're not prepared for that, then it is a a very difficult uh, time. So prayers go out to all those, those people as well. A um, couple quick plugs, um, and I'll do this really quick, hopefully. So if you are at all interested in um, discussing or joining a group where we are putting together a My Local Alternative, so a model that helps uh, small businesses in local communities um, and drives business that normally would go to places like Amazon or uh, Walmart or others that don't necessarily care for your values, 
and uh, you are interested in helping to build that model out, go to gab.com and search for My Local Alternative. Uh, once we get probably 15 or 16 uh, people in that group that are interested in, in starting to collaborate on a solution, uh, then I will host a conference call where I'll share my thoughts on the matter. And as a team, we will drive that, that, uh, that forward. The other thing I would uh, say is if you go to homesteadmentor.com and you're interested in uh, signing up for receiving the Grow Model Workbook once it's complete, please do so. We've got a number of requests coming in uh, each day. That's very encouraging. Actually kind of lights a fire under me to keep working on it. Um, and uh, that should be coming out shortly, but make sure you sign up for that now so that uh, you can receive that uh, free in a PDF form once it is available. Okay. So again, if you want to join the show, there's a couple ways you can do this. You can call us at 330-440-0735, or you can go out to homesteadmentorradio.com or go to homesteadmentor.com and click on the menu item radio. And there's a little red button on the left-hand side. Click that red button and you can join via your computer's audio. So that's the way to join the show on, um, on the call. Uh, another way to join the show would be on the Homestead Mentor Radio uh, page. If you, um, and you're using the Dissenter browser, so that's the Gab Develop browser. And if you click on the little D uh, in the uh, address bar, then you can join the chat room. So click on live chat and you'll see us in the chat room. I posted a message that's just a welcome message and talks about the topic. And the topic tonight is the economics of uh, career and homesteading. And this should be one of three parts, although really this should be one of uh, an endless number of parts because that's what the show really is all about. Um, and so the first question I wanna pose and if you are listening live and you want to join in, uh, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this. But the question really comes up, what is homesteading? How do we define it? Um, I suspect it's defined uh, as many different ways as there are people defining it. But just so that we're all talking from the same page, and again, I'm very interested in what other people think, but um, where how I approach this is, a career in homesteading, to me, means someone who is uh, making their living by um, functions that are required in order to maintain a homestead, right? So if you're making a living uh, doing something that you would otherwise have to do in order to provide for uh, the day-to-day -day activities of your homestead. Um, now I'm going to get into that a little bit more detail here. Um, we're at when we get into income, but I want to look at tonight from, from three different, uh, tonight's show actually is to cover three different areas of homesteading. So it's acquiring land, it's, it's building house and the, and the structure, the infrastructure for the homestead. And it is, um, an income and that, that gets the homestead off the ground. 
and I'm approaching this from a person, a young person's perspective. And, and I, I'm making a number of assumptions in this, this uh, model, and that's okay. Assumptions are okay as long as everyone understands that, th- that that's what they are. They're assumptions. It doesn't mean they're facts. In fact, we could argue the facts uh, or debate the facts, and that's perfectly fine. But one of the assumptions that I'm making is in the purchase of land that I'm going to, or I'm going to take the, the advantage of instead of going to college, Right. So the I'm going to be a homesteader instead of going to college. So the discussion goes something like this. Hey, mom, dad, you know, that money you uh, saved up to send me to college. Well, I don't want to use that money to go to college. I want to use that money. And thank you, by the way, mom and dad, for putting that money aside. Um, But I want to use that money to buy some land so that I can uh, start a career in homesteading and and most uh, parents would just pretty much uh, keel over at that point. I wouldn't. I would be very excited if one of my children comes to me and says this. Um, We can get into why that would be exciting for me, but I suspect if you're listening to a show like this, it would be exciting for you as well. Uh, But if you look at what the average cost of a college education is, and this is, and actually, this isn't an average cost of a college education. This is an average cost of a college education at a in-state school. Okay, so if you're sending your kid to a in-state state college, you can expect to pay uh, between fifty and sixty thousand dollars for that education. That's assuming that they're probably living at home. And uh, it is just paying for the the um, the credit hours, right? The courses and the credit hours, and not including uh, room and board. If you are uh, going to a state school out of state, then you I think you can pretty much expect to double that for a four year degree. And if you're going to any kind of a private school, you can probably uh, quadruple that. So you go anywhere from uh, it goes from you know, as upward to $200,000. If you're going to an extremely uh, prestigious school like a Harvard or a Yale, um, you know, you're, you're at $50,000 um, a year uh, or more, seventy, eighty thousand dollars $80,000 a year or more. But let's just stick with the idea that uh, the fifty dollars or $60,000 we would be spending on a in-state school, but instead we're going to buy land with that. Well, the average... Uh, acre of farmland is about between $5,000 to $8,000. Now, again, these are averages, but that's what we're, those are our assumptions. If you are in an area that uh, the the prices are higher or lower, great. Uh, But that's what the averages we're going to use. So let's even round that up to say 10,000. So you could get five to six acres of good uh, farmland, basically for uh, that same fifty or sixty thousand dollars, and have no debt, right? So you could buy that if if your parents were had already saved up that money, or if you are the parent and you've been saving up that money, and your kid asks you to switch it over, then uh, they could get between five and six acres of land. Now, obviously, um, if you're not saving up money for your child's education, then this doesn't work. But this is just for an example. Um, I personally do not 
save for the children's education. And the reason I, I don't do that is if they are interested in going to a college or university, then I want them to work their way through because I don't believe they will value that piece of paper unless they've had to work for it. And I'll help them uh, along the way. Um, I may even employ them. But uh, the the idea that I'm just going to, to give them money to go to school, uh, I'm not going to do that. But it, I might give them um, fifty or $60,000 to buy land if, if they... Uh, were so inclined, or at least lend it to them interest-free. But anyway, uh, so think about it. If you take the money that you would have spent on a university and you buy the land, so now I don't have any debt. Now, the next phase to this is the housing. So let's say I'm an 18-year-old, um, just graduated high school. My parents are, uh, are, love the idea that I, I want a homestead, and so they gave me the fifty or sixty thousand dollars, helped me find a good piece of land, and now I have that land free and clear. Um, what I need to do now is I need to build a house. Well, um, so let's get a job. Let's stay home for those four years that we would have been going to school and staying home anyway. Let's stay home and let's get a job in the construction or a trade. Uh, let's get an apprenticeship at a tra- in a trade uh, because that will, will pay dividends, but especially construction. Because if you have construction skills, anyone who, who is a farmer or, or a homesteader knows, you, the better that you know how to build something, um, the smoother your day-to-day goes. Right? The biggest frustrations on a farm are fixing equipment, and uh, designing, engineering, and building things. So if you have those skills, uh, then they will serve you well. So during that four-year period, you're earning some money, and you're taking that money uh, because you're still living at home. You're taking that money, and you are using it to build your house. And we're not talking about, you know... um, uh, a four-bedroom uh, custom-built home. We're talking about a very modest home that you're building yourself, right? Um, so you're taking that experience, construction experience, and you are saving that money to start to, once you reach a point of um, competence, you then start building that home. But somewhere by the end of that four-year period, you will have built your home, built your barn, and have paid for your home and your barn. So again, we are debt-free. If you want to join me, give me a call at 330-440-0735. Tell me where you think I'm going wrong. Tell me what your thoughts are on what uh, homesteading is and if this makes any sense at all. It, obviously, think about these numbers that, you know, I'm throwing out that uh, the, the fifty or $60,000 for college gets re, gets repurposed for buying land. If, if that isn't in the model, that's okay. We just need to push things back a little bit. We need to make some adjustments. But the idea here is, is that uh, a career instead of um, going spending four years at a university or a college getting a degree in art history or whatever it may be uh, to do something you really don't care about doing um, is is not a wise investment but spending that money in getting yourself set up especially debt-free is is truly a wise investment not just for today but for years to come so now we have the land 
we have uh, the house and the barn and the infrastructure. We also have experience. So during this four years, we're working, we're building, but we're also learning. So this is where um, we're we're reading books, we're watching the YouTube videos, we are in the homestead forums, we're learning about what it is that we think, uh, what animals we'd like to keep, we'd, what, what types of, um, we're learning to garden because we're helping in our parents' garden. So uh, we're raising the chickens, we're doing, we're doing all the chores and things like that around the house that, um, that the parents might need, uh, or we're, we're, we're learning about these things via book and video at this point. But at some point in that four-year period, or probably year three, we want to start one or two micro-businesses. And I define a micro-business as something that provides $500 a month in income. Uh, not in revenue, but actual income. So after I pay my expenses and after taxes, I end up with $500. To me, that's a micro-business. All right, so... Why are we doing that? Well, if we're going into uh, our homesteading career with no debt, so at age 22, we will already have the land, we'll already have the house and the infrastructure. And if on that third year, I start building out a couple of micro businesses, and by the way, those micro businesses should be businesses that are required or they're activities that I would require anyway on the farm. So if you've not heard this term, scales of economy, the idea here is, is if I have to go out and gather eggs from my chickens anyway, uh, and I need five chickens in order for me to supply all my own food, what additional effort is there in me keeping 10 chickens, right? Or 15 or 20 at some point that, that turns against you, right? At some point, you no longer benefit from the scale of economy. The idea here is, is that at what point can I scale up because I'm already out there doing this activity that it really becomes um, almost free. And when I say almost, you know, if you think about packaging eggs and things of that nature, it, it takes a little bit of time to pick up five extra eggs to clean five extra eggs to package five extra eggs to uh, deliver the the dozen eggs uh, for the two minutes after church to the person who bought them whatever that is but you reach a point where if it is 400 eggs that's no longer uh, to, in my view that's no longer um, a micro business and that's no longer uh, benefiting from scales of economy you've now moved into, you're really not homesteading as much as you are, you're running a business. Hopefully this makes sense. So um, another example of a micro business, or I think a great example of a micro business is vermiculture. And I mentioned this yesterday, um, that the raising of worms, compost worms specifically, and the uh, castings, is what's called vermiculture. This is so in demand that however much you raise, you could probably sell at a, at a fairly good profit. So it's a, it's a market that has not reached its maturity, and it certainly is not exhausted. 
In fact, I think it's a, it's a growing market and will continue to be a growing market for years to come. But it's also a, a great example of scales of economy. How much more time and effort does it take to feed and care for two, uh, a pound or two pounds of earthworms versus four? Right. So there isn't a whole lot of uh, daily maintenance required for keeping one earth bin or earthworm bin versus two. And the harvesting of the castings is not a daily task. So those tasks, uh, again, uh, not not terribly significant. But you have to work the models again. According to my numbers, it's a micro business is five hundred dollars of income per month. So you get pretty close in both the egg and the uh, vermiculture side of things. You need to get right up to the limit where you start to move into uh, full-fledged business in order for you to make that $500. But there are any number of things that you could be doing. If you, raise, if you have enough land and you're raising a couple of head of cattle, um, you could add a few. And you and, and you finish those animals and you sell the the cuts. Um, there's there's you got to work the numbers. Or eventually, if you stick with me, um, I'll work the numbers for you and I'll share those models based on my understanding or my experience with uh, these micro businesses. And you can take advantage of that. Okay. So. Um, Again, if you want to comment, feel free to, to go out to homesteadmentorradio.com. And if you're using the Dissenter browser, which is the Gab browser, then you can join us uh, on the live chat. And or if you want to give us a call at 330-440-0735 and share your thoughts, uh, please do. Uh, so the three components that we discussed tonight, well, four actually, what is homesteading? I view homesteading as you are making your living based on activities that you would otherwise be doing in order to maintain the homestead. That's my definition. For a lot of people, the definition is um, you're raising all or most of your own food or a lot of your own food, not probably all, but most of your own food, and you keep animals, uh, and you are, you're, you know, you live a lifestyle of preparedness and frugality. So you're, you're, um, that, that would be considered homesteading. And that's a perfectly good definition. You could have an off the, the homestead job. Uh, you could be married and you could both have off the homestead jobs. And of course, today, uh, for a lot of us um, who now work from home, so we, we work from the homestead, uh, but we're working what would otherwise have been an office job uh, or some type of a service job. That might be your definition. My definition is, in the purest form, the career in homesteading is I want to be a self-sufficient farmer, but at the same time recognizing that we do need dollars to pay taxes and for um, many other things that we need to, to have some income. But we don't need to be rich. A homesteader is probably not looking to be rich, not even looking to be what one would consider to be wealthy, um, or even what one would consider to be middle class. Uh, it's not a matter of our wealth isn't in dollars. It isn't in things. It's in uh, lifestyle and in freedom. I, I, you know, I, I can't imagine what it would be like 
uh, actually, I can't imagine, I do so quite often, what it would be like to be able to spend most of your day in a quiet, uh, contemplative uh, state. Um, and in many ways, homesteading would, would afford you that. Uh, in other days, it, it's loud and busy and um, anything but quiet, but uh, certainly is a little bit further removed from the day-to-day hustle and bustle of uh, the corporate world, which most of us find ourselves in. And I believe it is a valid alternative to the corporate world that most of us find ourselves in. And it is a noble profession. I think this world needs more homesteaders. I think, uh, anyway, um, so we talked about what is homesteading, gave my definition, what I think others might define it as. We talked about land and how we're going to acquire that land. And the idea being that let's repurpose uh, college dollars that would have gone to a university or to a college uh, and let's use that so that we can buy land debt free. And then um, housing. Housing is actually twofold. One is let's get uh, let's get a job and preferably that job be um, a trade job. So something in construction or welding or um, uh, plumbing, something that we're going to need on the homestead anyway. Um, and then as we're saving up money, because we're still living at home, much like we would have if we were going to university for four years, then once we reach a level of competence, we're building our own home on the land with the dollars that we've earned. So again, we're debt free. And about year three, uh, we're going to start a micro business or two so that when we move out of the nest and into our homestead, we have a uh, income stream that we can continue to grow if we wanted to extend the micro businesses or if one of the, the micro businesses turns into a larger business, um, then we, we already have our income stream. And this is a single. Obviously, if you uh, marry between 18 and 22, then you have the opportunity to uh, multiply those number of micro businesses uh, in order for that income stream to grow. Anyway, tomorrow we're going to discuss children and healthcare. So uh, obviously, uh, between 18 and 22, if you're single, the, there aren't as many responsibilities uh, from a financial standpoint as there are once you add children to the mix. So let's talk about kids and let's talk about health care. And what I would say is another scam similar to, to university. I'm not saying that learning is a scam. I think that the university setup and government grants and the ability for uh, the idea that you can pay fifty or sixty thousand or seventy or eighty thousand dollars for a four year uh, education uh, and and that just continues to increase is just it's ridiculous. But how healthcare has become similar to that, and let's reframe healthcare. And then I think um, our third installment of this will be talking about retirement. So what does retirement look like? on the homestead. Of course, uh, anything else that you may have to add to that, feel free to um, leave us, uh, send us an email and, and let me know what your thoughts are or send us a, uh, a post on Gab. You can go out and join the Homestead Mentor group on Gab and uh, let me know what your thoughts are on this show or any of the other shows or anything that you'd like to see upcoming. I think that is going to close it out for the night. Um, again, prayers for everyone 
that are uh, affected by the the cold weather and to the Limbaugh family and to actually to, you know, to anyone who's suffering tonight, um, I will say a prayer for you and I encourage others to do so as well. Okay. Thank you and have a great night, everyone.